Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hello and welcome to another episode of Nerdificent. I am one half of your host, Danny Fernandez, and sitting across from me, as always... If you are away, hey, how's it going? If you did you miss me last week? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. We we had fun, but we definitely missed you. I, I, I would have loved some of your takes, even though uh, privately you've already given me some Candyman <laughs> takes. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we're in the middle of Spooktober, so we've been doing all Halloween slash like spooky-based episodes, and today is not any different we are covering ah real monsters oh yeah which is something that i grew up with so i think out of all of the core nickelodeon shows this was the one that i resonated with the most oh so great yeah and we have someone who it's very near and dear to his heart (laughs) he's a writer producer and showrunner whose work includes the simpsons the pjs which we're just geeking out about Mm -hmm. lego star wars f is for family it is Michael Price. Hey. Hi. Hi, guys. Hey. How are you? Good, good. You have a long list of things. Uh, yeah. 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 But this one, Real Monsters, or Ah, Real Monsters, was one of my first. So that's why it's such it's such a show that uh, I haven't thought about a lot lately. But uh, when you mentioned, asked me to come on and talk about it, I was so happy to, because it was really at the very beginning of my career. It was one yeah. of the first jobs I ever had. And it was I was so thrilled to have it. And it was a great just a great fun show. Actually, I have to shout out. It was like a mutual follower of ours because I tw- I was like posting. I love all real monsters. I think I had a picture like I have a T-shirt. I'll have to post it for everybody. And they tagged you and said, oh, well, you should right. have Michael that's Price right. on. Right. And that's yeah, how we got nice. connected. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, we've been starting our show with what we're geeking out about. So what are you geeking out about this week? Well, I guess it's uh, it's Tuesday right now. So uh, in about two days, uh, I just passed a billboard for it, which is uh, the, the El Camino, which is yeah. the Breaking Bad sequel movie uh, that I'm just so excited oh, to see. Yeah. And I think it's going to be in theaters possibly too. Okay. And Netflix. I don't know. But I, I imagine it'll probably come out like at midnight on Thursday night into Friday. Yeah. And so I think I'll be sitting there watching it as soon as it comes on. Same. Uh, I, that's a show. Breaking Bad was a show that I did not get into until it had been on like four years. Yeah. Because uh, I watched the first episode and it was so dark and so yeah. bleak. And I said, well, I'll try another one. And the second one, if you remember, oh, yeah. is the one where he's got that guy tied up in the basement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yes. I was like, this is too much for me. And then uh, a couple of years went by and all my friends... Uh, Working on The Simpsons, we're talking about it, and and then I said reading about it. I was like, all right, all right, I'll I'll start it now. Yeah, and boy, was I so happy that I did. Yeah, um, yeah, I had a similar one. I had friends who were in it, and I think looking back now, this had to be around season three, but it was when the kid, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, oh man, that was uh, the one on the bike. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Not, without trying not to give too much away, even though yeah. you should have already did it, and that was like my introduction to it, and I was like. <laughs> Oh, this is a rough one. But then, yeah. like, everyone was so hyped for the final season that, like, I binged, like, the 
the all the one up until the penultimate season so that I w- could watch along for the final yeah. season, which it was great to be able to watch along and wait week by week. But Breaking Bad is not a show you should binge. It's very heavy. <laughs> so yeah. you would like after some episodes, I'd have to like take a break and just like, <laughs> put in the Ooh, office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah really. <laughs> Although last year I went back through and watched it all again. I did like a full oh, rewatch wow. over the course of like two or three weeks or something. Like oh, that. So, uh, have you watched Better Call Saul? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yes. In fact, it. one of my really good friends is on Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Eileen Fogarty, and she plays Mrs. Wynn, the lady who runs oh, nice. the nail salon. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So she's been in it. And um, I know a couple of, well, Bill Burr, who I work with in Breaking right. Bad. Yeah. I mean, Pepsi Family is plays uh, Kubi yes. on Breaking Bad. Yes. Oh, nice. And, um, and on, also, also in Pepsi Family is we have Matt Jones, who plays Badger on Breaking Bad. It's one of the voices on Pepsi Family, too. Oh, nice. So, uh, in fact, we were at a party, like a, a season premiere party last November for, um, for Pepsi Family. And I asked him, are you going to be on Better Call Saul? And he goes, no, I don't think so, but uh, maybe something better. Whatever. Yeah. I, think, wow. I think you just heard about this yeah. movie. Oh, uh-huh. And then like two weeks later, they announced the movie. And I was oh, wow. like, I said, oh, that must be what he was talking yeah. about. <laughs> and he's in it. I mean, he's, it's not a spoiler. Yeah. He's in yeah. the trailers yeah. for it. But That's now so they cool. said like so many other people are in it. I had this party last night, premiere party, where they're all there, like Brian Cranston and Dean Norton. And they're all there. It's like, how many of them are they in the movie? Yeah. What are they doing in it? <laughs> exactly. You know. I, I have the funniest story. I took my mom. Uh, she just she loves Jimmy Fallon as a lot of moms do, and I took her to his show. And uh, Brian Cranston was the guest, and so we're sitting there in the audience, and Brian Cranston comes out, and very loudly, my mom goes, "Oh my god." The dad from Malcolm in the Middle. And she just is like, I'm like, Mom, he's done a lot yeah, since yeah. then. He's done a lot since then. But also Malcolm in the Middle. He was great. So yeah, that's such nice. a mom thing to say. Yeah. Ify, what about you? What are you geeking out about? Uh, well, you know, um, you know, as uh, a lot of gamers, the gamers listen, know, uh, Destiny, uh, you know, Shadow Keep was released and everyone, uh, everyone was asking if I was going to come back forward, if I was going to play. And, uh, you know, really... Uh, you know, I think this is all I have to say about it. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. I've been playing. Wow. <laughs> that is like one first of all, it's my favorite soundbite from John Wick, and I reference it so much. Like, it's just, so, it was such a cool part of the movie, too. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've been playing, I was playing all day. I was streaming uh, for like six hours today, just playing through. Uh, it's it's great if you played like the first Destiny because it's on the moon, so it referenced a lot of like Crota and like the old raids, and you're getting to do all that fun stuff and like a lot of people showed up for the stream today. Uh, Floof, he came and we we were just bouncing around the moon and it's been a fun experience. So so yeah, I'm back in Destiny now. Did you like uh, t- when Tom Holland came back and he did that Wolf of Wall Street? Oh, that I'm was... not going anywhere. <laughs> I love a good like like a good reference that will say what you're you want to say yeah. for you. Oh, it's uh, yeah. That was I I watch like I know that scene, but it was so funny to watch it and then think of it in reference to yeah. Spider Man in the MCU. <laughs> Uh, the thing that I'm geeking out about is, uh, well, thank you everyone that came to any of my panels at New York Comic Con. It was so great getting to meet y'all. And uh, the Disney Princess panel was one of the coolest things that I did. I mean, it was so weird slash like I try to take in the moment to be on stage with these iconic women that have voiced. I mean, Jodie Benson has been the voice of Ariel for over 30 years. Uh, and Paige O'Hara, who is Belle. Jennifer Hale, who took over as Cinderella. She's been doing Cinderella's voice for over 20 years and Anika Noni Rose who's a voice of Tiana and it was just I told myself I'm not gonna cry and I even like I didn't have tissues and I brought like toilet paper and I'm like I'm not gonna cry but Anika told a story and started crying and then I cried I'm like this is such an intimate moment that we get to share and like just it was it was amazing and there were like a thousand people there so thank you to everyone that came and that is just I'm geeking out about the fact that when I was little I just would dance and sing to their music and their words and I knew all of their songs by heart and then to be on stage with them was was awesome. So that is my geeky thing this week. And Ooh, we are nice. diving into 
Ah, uh, I want to know who came up with all of these. Did y'all just call, you called it real monsters? So well, is that what I it was called, called in the room? Real, I just yeah, we were okay. yeah, yeah cuz it's like or we just call it monsters or whatever like that. You know, okay. you always try, you always show folk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I come from the theater originally, so in the theater you sort of just it's not Sweeney Todd, it's Sweeney or whatever. Right. Like that. I know. <laughs> you know, I, it's I, not I, Oklahoma, it's Homa. Or but, it's uh, not that one. Or uh, the one that the one uh, theater uh, speak I always hear because you have to say it this way is Scottish play. Oh, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. The, Scot- the Scottish the play. Scottish play. When yeah. I asked you to be on it, though, I made sure I didn't want to be disrespectful, so I like made sure I like got all the A's and all of the exclamation <laughs> points. Right. I think it's three A's, two H's. Uh, yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. You still got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but actually, before we dived into that, I wanted to know, when did you, because this was your first, was this was your first? was my first animated show okay. that I worked on, yes. When did you realize, because we have a lot of writers that listen, when did you realize that you could do this professionally? Boy, I mean, I knew that I wanted to do it. Uh, I come from uh, the East Coast, from New York, New Jersey area, and I, I did a lot of theater, and then I started doing improv uh, sketch comedy. And that was when I first realized, okay, I think I'm funny. You know, I'm not just funny around the house, whatever. I think I can do this and, and perform in front of an audience and make somebody laugh. So then that got me thinking, all right, maybe there's a job in that somehow, <laughs> you know. And uh, and then when I came out here, um, uh, I just started – I had I was, I was I was doing a show, a two-person show with a writing partner, and that's what got us – a little bit of attention out here and got us some representation, an agent and a manager. So suddenly I was like, okay, now now I see that there's a possible way forward into this place. And I just wrote like spec scripts and uh, all that kind of stuff. And um, it took a couple of years of like knocking around and not getting anything happening and taking all kind of crazy jobs. Like right in this neighborhood, in this Hollywood neighborhood, I had so many ridiculously awful jobs that I, I can't even tell you, like phone rooms and all yeah. that awful stuff. But um, but finally, I got hired on a on a uh, sketch comedy show with a packet of sketches, a very low budget, kind of like a Saturday Night Live style show that was called The News, N-E-W-Z, and it was on like syndicated, uh, it's the early 90s, and um that only lasted a couple of months. But from that, I met a guy, his name was David Litt. And he was, that show was one of his first jobs. And when that show ended, he called me like a week or two, a couple of weeks later saying, oh, I just got a job on this Nickelodeon cartoon show called Real Monsters. And uh, he was a staff writer on that show. But, you know, the way those kind of shows work is that the staff will write so many episodes, but they also need like freelance people to come in and write other episodes. So he goes, do you want to come in and like, talk to us about maybe writing an episode. So I did. And that's so David got me in there. Uh, so, I mean, he's always been, he was a great guy. I haven't seen him in a long time, but he went on to an amazing career. He co-created uh, the sitcom called the King of Queens. That's oh yeah. God. Yes. yeah. So, I mean, he doesn't probably just, never needs to work ever. Yeah. Again. That's what I was just going to say. He's <laughs> super rich. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Yeah. Uh, like but he's, he's a wonderful guy, but he got yeah. me in, he got me in the door at real monsters. Oh, that's um, dope. And so I wrote my first two episodes uh, as a, on a freelance basis, and then um, for the second or third season of Monsters, uh, they knew me for that, and then they brought me in to sort of pitch. Uh, the, the people who were running it were replaced by another guy running it, and they brought me in to pitch some stories, and they didn't quite go with all my stories, but then they, they thought it remembered me. And then someone left. Another guy went on to have a huge <laughs> all these guys I've worked on this Nickelodeon show had like just giant sitcom careers. A guy named Steve Scrovan who left because he got a job on um, Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh <laughs> and so he went off and like was on Raymond for wow. its entire run. Yeah. Um, but I replaced Steve on the staff. So then I was on the staff for the rest of that time. So that's why I I think I wrote about fourteen episodes of that show. But the first two were on a freelance basis and the rest were once I got on staff. I mean, and also, you you also went on to have this yeah, amazing career. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. Right. Monsters. I haven't created. Really? I didn't create the King of Queens, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's been it's been all right. It's been yeah, all right. I mean, Monsters really was this bouncing pad for all these great writers. Were, That's uh, wild. Yeah, it was a great. What a great place to be. I mean, uh, it was Klasky Chupo was the studio mm-hmm. that made it. Made it, and they were. Uh, we were in this little building on Highland Avenue in Hollywood. Right below um, by Fountain Avenue, there's a Jack in the Box right across the street. Oh, yeah. It's still to a, there, too. Yeah, and the, the Klasky Chupo isn't there anymore. Um, oh, it's Hinson, they, right? 
Yeah, it's the hair place. Yeah. It's, it's the hair place. And there's oh, a little, there's okay, that little so school. I know which one. There's yeah. a little tiny school there. And some of the some of the characters are still painted yes. on the side. Oh, okay, that's why right. I still think it's there. Characters yeah. are still painted oh, on the yeah. side of the building. I thought it was still there because those monsters yeah. are yeah. still there. Yeah, they're still there. They're still oh, there. Wow. But that's where we worked, and uh, we just sat in a little room, a little office, writing and uh, writing our stories. And then the recording studio was there, so we'd get to go see the records with these amazing actors. I mean, the main the people who starred in the show were great. Uh, um, Charlie Adler, who's one of the great voiceover people of all time. Oh yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm sorry, I don't have her name in front. Oh, of me. Christine I'm, Kavanaugh. Christine Kavanaugh. She's the late Christine Kavanaugh. She was wonderful. A guy named David Eccles, who had, was a sound guy at Krasky Chupa, but he had a really interesting, funny voice. So he was became Crumb, the guy with the, uh, yeah. with the eyeballs out. And but then the the guest actors would come in. The, the casting director was a woman named Barbara Wright, who would just cast these amazing actors. So like people like you would never expect to show up, like Tim Curry, yeah, Tim Curry, uh, and people who now like have had big careers later. Like um, there's a guy named Xander Berkeley. Do you know Xander Berkeley? He's in the original term. He's in Terminator Two. <laughs> he's the guy who. Uh, who was um, John Connor's like step stepfather who oh, gets yeah. killed with the <laughs> like the, the thing through the face? You yeah, know? Uh, that's Xander Berkeley. He's been in a million things. This guy named Toby Huss, who's been in a million things, but like big Margot Kidder, the late Margot Kidder. Like these people just come through, just doing like one voice, you know? Because wow. this, this woman was a great woman who like liked these people. Yeah. So yeah. I get to sit in and watch these amazing voice sessions, and and the animators were great. It was just. Just a really fun experience. Yeah, so for people that don't know, that haven't heard of it, I don't know how, but uh, <laughs> the show focuses on three young monsters. It's Ickus, Oblina, and Crum, who attend a school for monsters under a city dump and learn to frighten humans. Uh, many of the episodes revolve around them making it to the surface in order to perform scares as class assignments. The series premiered October 29th, 1994, at 11 a.m. on Nickelodeon. That's mm. cute. That was a good slot. Uh, running a total of 52 episodes over four seasons. The final episode aired December 6, 1997. Yes. Uh, so like you were saying, Charlie Adler voiced Ickis. Do you, I hate to ask, do you have a favorite or like one that, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I hate uh, to ask, just going to ask favorite anyways. Favorite episode monster. Or, or, or monster? Mm-hmm. Oh, Ickis for sure. I mean, okay. he was so he was because he was he was a little bit me too because he was like very nervous and anxious and always worried and you know uh, Crumb was the cool one who like no, nothing bothered him and uh, Oblina was super cool and stylish which I wasn't so uh, yeah definitely Ickes Ickes <laughs> yeah I liked it- writing for him too he was fun to write for oh, yeah that was always fun he had those. Uh... Do you, am I remembering this? this blue lips, right? Bluish lips? Or no, I'm tripping. I'm he thinking. was kind of purplish, yeah. rabbit-looking thing with big fangs and like giant ears. Yeah. And Oblina was basically like a candy cane, cane uh-huh. with yeah. giant and lips. Yeah. And Crumb was a little Roy Polly guy. If you weren't off, he had blue. Like they kind of both had blue ish. Yeah. Yeah. It just depends on the how they were drawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I'm not crazy. Yeah, he had the blue lips and he had the curly legs. He looked yeah. like a little, yeah. yeah. And he was like a little nervous guy. Yeah, yeah. I love Dickus. And Charlie was just, I mean, did an amazing job performing him, but he was just a fun guy to have around. He's yeah. he's still he's still very busy. And, mm-hmm. uh, he directs a lot of voiceover acting now, but he still acts a lot and he's oh, really amazing. Yeah, so Ickis, if you also somehow don't know, is the small red monster. He's the main protagonist, anti-hero of the series, and he uh, it changes between him and Oblina. And his method of scaring humans is the ability to grow bigger. I always remember he going, yeah. That's right. Uh, and But due to his large ears, he's often confused with a bunny rabbit, uh, which I think that happened when, when he had like a fail scare and like they thought he was a bunny. Yeah, they grab him by his ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Ickes tends to be on the nervous. Uh, Ickes tends to be nervous, and he also has a lack of self confidence, partly from trying to live up to the legacy of his father, Slickus, right. uh, <laughs> uh, who was the Academy's <laughs> most renowned student. Wow. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's roommates with Oblina and Crumb, and he is also best friends with them. He goes to the Monster Academy, and uh, he's one of the few monsters who can hear the pool of elders, the source of monster existence that That's is made right. of the very <laughs> substance of fears. That's right. <laughs> I can't imagine. Imagine y'all like in this writer's room making up this for yeah. quote unquote a kids show, but you know right. who came up? <laughs> Do you were you there when the pool of elders? No, came? I was okay. not. Okay. Okay. I, the show was created by a man named Peter Gaffney and uh, Gabor Chupo, who uh, was the head of 
Husky Troop mm-hmm. Studios. Uh, so by, by the time I joined, it was already well in the, in the works. Oh, and I okay. just came in and did my first couple episodes. But my first episode, I'm trying to remember, I, I don't think I pitched the story. It couldn't have been because I didn't know anything about it. But it, it it's the one that people seem to remember the most, which is my first one, which is where Crumb got a pimple uh, yes. that, that came alive and started talking to him. And it was voiced by Jim Belushi. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember writing that and having a good time and that the pimple became more popular than him. And he sang a song. And um, yeah, it was just, That's I was like, so holy cow, fun. I can't believe. Because I grew up as a kid just loving cartoons, mm-hmm. uh, specifically uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons. So uh, I would come home from school every day and where I lived in New York, there was a ch- Channel 5 in New York, which is so Bugs Bunny from a half an hour from like three o'clock to 3.30. So I go home from school, turn on the TV, half an hour of Bugs Bunny. But I came, became so obsessed about it. Like that's if, if I was doing that show all those years ago when I was a kid, I'd say I was nerding out about Chuck Jones because yeah. I knew the names of all that. I could recognize the director's style. Oh, I wow. could tell a Chuck Jones from a Frizz Freeling, from a Bob Mackinson, from uh, a uh, Frank Tashlin, uh, you know. And and I so to, so to have a chance to work in animation was just, I hadn't planned on it, but it just really because of that guy, David Litt, said, you want to try and write on this cartoon? And I just ended up just loving it. I couldn't believe here I was, this kid from Jersey, like, you know, in Hollywood, like yeah. Yeah, working for a cartoon show. It just was a thrill. Did you collect any of the, like, do you still have any of the real monsters? I have a couple of dolls. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they're in yeah. a box somewhere. And they gave us a a cool uh, Nickelodeon bathrobe for Christmas one year. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> had dope. all the characters on it. Yeah, That's oh, so cool. Yeah, yeah. You had the Nick magazine, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I used to want that so badly. They would just show those commercials constantly. I just want to show the power of um, our real monsters lore that in 2014, uh, you know, Goslin 60 on DeviantArt, Made wow. fan art of uh, Slickus, Ickus's dad, and his mother uh, with her pregnant <laughs> with Ickus. Oh no! Wow, that's a lot. Iffy. Yeah, I mean, that it's not. Great. I mean, it's it's PG. It's not yeah, like it's, it's right. some. I know Danny's making it seem like I'm going no, crazy. No, no. Now this Danny fan art that I'm going to get to is wild. Some Ickus and Oblina slash type stuff. Oh, I'm sure. I'm I'm, I'm going to try not to if go it that exists. deep. Yeah. Oh, if, it, if it was ever drawn anywhere on anything, there's you know weird, Tumblr. weird, well, creepy that's stuff. That's what we have to do. Of it. The uh, yeah. the uh, the Nerdificent episode on Rule Thirty Four. We will do that. Yeah. But also, I know because you follow me on Twitter and haven't unfollowed me that you have to deal with a lot of my crap. Uh, moving into Oblina, who is voiced by Christine Cavanaugh. Um, so Oblina often bigger's. I related to her the most. That felt like those were my brothers. I have two brothers, and I was Oblina growing up. Um, often bickers with Ickis, one of her two roommates. Oblina also goes to Monster Academy. She's the brains of the group yes. and is very well behaved, unlike Ickis or Crumb. Uh, but she does treat Crumb very well. There was a note in here. It was like she's the one woman that treats him well. <laughs> that was really sad. Um Oblina comes from a wealthy monster family That's right. and is considered by Gromble to be his best student. She's shaped like a black and white upside down candy cane. Uh, One of her favorite methods of scaring humans is reaching within herself and pulling out her internal organs. Uh, She has considerable talent for shape shifting into various terrifying forms. She also has a talent for inducing nightmares in humans by sticking her finger in their ear and tickling their brains while they sleep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i i have seen cosplay of her and i respect that because it's very hard great. Yeah. to cosplay an upside down candy cane yeah absolutely oh yeah i mean i think the greatest thing of oblina and really the design of all the monsters is they're they're all ugly everything is ugly yeah but like there's even with oblina like the way her lips are designed they're always so lumpy in a way that you're like what is going on here <laughs> Crumb, who actually was one of my favorites. I liked him a lot. Too. Short, smelly, very hairy monster. Uh, he lives with Abelina and Ickis. Uh, his teacher, the Gromble, often yells at him. Crumb holds his eyes in his hands since they're detached, and he is treated very, very nicely by Abelina. Uh, That's what I would say. Nicely by <laughs> His <laughs> only female friend. His only female friend. Like the rest of his family, Crumb's eyeballs are not attached to his body. If he requires the use of both hands, he can carry his eyes in his mouth. That's he, right. Uh, his most valuable tool in scaring is his own overwhelming armpit stench, <laughs> as 
well as using That's his true. eyeball. I remember that. That's true. Oh, yeah. I wonder if Guillermo del Toro maybe borrowed a little bit of that. Oh, yeah. The, oh, possibly, the, yeah. His eyeball guy. I just remember they would do such up-close views of his armpit. <laughs> yes. Like the hair coming out and just yes. like such up-close. Yeah, yeah. It was in a time, I mean, I don't even know if shows like this exist because this was also the time of Ren and Stimpy was out on Nickelodeon Mm -hmm. but I don't know if I see stuff like this on Nick anymore (laughs) do you feel like it was more allowed at that time I guess that just might have been I'm sure you could probably do that now it's just just been like people don't go into that stuff as much anymore I I always loved the Ren and Stimpy uh, thing I love Ren and Stimpy anyway but my favorite thing and uh, Spongebob does that a lot which is when you right. go to a close up and it's one of yeah. those like super insane, you know, close up <laughs> with all the skin and the, uh, you know, like super ugly and grotesque. I love that. I'm always trying to work that into the sim- pitch that for The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> for Epis for Family. Uh, we have to take a really quick break. Then we're going to hop back into All Real Monsters right after this. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And we're back. Michael, I wanted to know, because you are you talked about the pimple episode. Was there other ones that you remember that yeah, uh, the stuck pimple, out for you? The, the first two I wrote, maybe that's the ones I remember the most because they were the first, was the pimple. Then I wrote one. Because the other, the fourth main character was called the Grumble. Right. He was their teacher. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he was this weird oh, four-legged yeah. green thing Loved that wore red pumps. The, that know? was my favorite. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he's a little bit of a, you know, a little yeah. whatever. A queer icon. Queer icon. <laughs> I, no, I'm very sure. happy about it. Yeah, he's great. And he was voiced by a, a great actor named Greg Berger who... Uh, um, I still run into occasionally, you know, uh, he occasionally does some stuff on the Simpsons. So he's oh, nice. a really nice guy. And I follow him on Twitter and he's incredible. He still is working all the time. Uh, he was great. So the, the other one I wrote, the second one I wrote that first season was about the Grumble's mother coming to hang out. And we got Andrea <laughs> yes. Martin from SCTV to play the Grumble's oh, mother. Um, I did a couple, I was looking at them yesterday, earlier today. I was like, I, rem- oh, I remember that now. I remember that now. I remember that now. There was one with, um, Oblina's lips, I think, that I wrote, where she lost yeah. her lips. But oh, then, yes. But then they found, they landed on the face of like a supermodel. Yes. And it turned the supermodel into a bigger supermodel, <laughs> and they had to get the lips back. I think that turned into one of the stories I love to tell, which is, because we have to deal with the people at, Nickel, at Nickelodeon. Where for the most part, we're pretty cool. But we would have to, uh, they were, Nickelodeon at that time, I don't know if they're the same way, but they're very kind of, 
uh, kind of micromanaging in way and like giving notes on everything. So mm-hmm. we, you know, you think, oh, it's just a silly cartoon show. But we would have to go to them every time we wanted to do a new story. We, we'd go meet with them, the executives of Nickelodeon, like once every couple of weeks and pitch all our stories to them that we wanted to do. And they could say yes or no. So once we got through that, then we would write the stories. And then we'd, we'd go in and have these notes conferences with them. And it might have been that one about the lips where, you know, the three, the Ekus, Crum, and Oblina, they had to get the lips back. And the the supermodel had them. The, the idea was that they were going to break into her house late at night and and like do like a heist and steal the lips back. And so uh, so in the scene I wrote in the script I wrote, there's a scene earlier in the day where they go, okay, I, I know what we have to do. And then you cut to that night and they're doing like the kind of Mission Impossible thing, like sneaking in. And one of the executives from Nickelodeon said, well, you know, in this scene here on page eleven, they say we're going to heist it. And that's during the daytime. And then you cut to the heist and it's at night. And I go, yeah. And they go, well, what, what were they doing in the hours in between? <laughs> and I said, I said, I don't know. They went to the movies yeah, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> it's like, who thinks about that? You know, so I, Definitely I, not I, children. Yeah, so I literally, like, I couldn't help it. Like, usually you try to be nice to them. But yeah. I kind of, like, just, I just burst out laughing. So I think it was that episode. But anyway, uh, yeah, those there are so many of them that I did. I, I, most of my memories are about like being there and and writing and working on it and being with the people, you know, and, and yeah, uh, and like that. It was a crazy, crazy experience. It was just a wonderful group of people. Was there like a episode that you wish you could have done, or maybe an episode you pitched that you're like, oh, I wish we did that? One. <laughs> well, yeah, the one there was one I, because I remember after I'd done those first two, uh, then they called me in. Uh, after it, they were in the, starting the second season, and I got a call from the people who had worked at Klasky Chupo saying, "Would you like to come in and pitch stories to the new the new head writers?" So I said, "Absolutely." And I was out of work right then. The other show I'd been on, that news show, uh, got canceled, and I, I you know I was out of work, and I was like, "I got to try to get something going." And I went and I pitched them this story, and uh, they didn't go with it, but it was about how. Uh, I think it ended up being in a later episode where it was a thing because they lived under the sewer system. And so my idea was that it was Super Bowl day in in the above world, the Super Bowl. And it used to be the thing they used to say, like, during the Super Bowl, during the halftime of the Super Bowl, that's when everybody across the United States goes to the bathroom. Yeah. You know, so it was a thing about they would have like a big surfing competition <laughs> in the sewer <laughs> and it was time to the halftime of the Super Bowl. Oh, so man. I remember pitching that story and they were like, oh, okay, okay. Um, but they said, oh, it, it, for whatever reason, none of my pitches went, got yeah. through. You know, and I'll never forget because I was just still starting out. I was newly married and um, I left that day and it was really cold and rainy and went, my wife and I, we only had one car, and uh, and I went and I sat in that Sizzler. It's, <laughs> oh. it's a Sizzler on Highland <laughs> yeah. Avenue. I don't, it's, I don't think, I think it's it there anymore. Down. I think it shut yeah. down. Yeah. But I sat there this, and just like. Just this year. So that's how yeah. long that Sizzler has been yeah, there. Yeah, it was there forever. And then like she said she would pick me up at like 5 o'clock, and it was 4.30. I sat there really sad. <laughs> I tell my story about the monster surfing oh, on uh, the, you know, Super Bowl day. Uh so that was the one that got away, but I think I think later on they used it like as a as like a piece of another story. So I felt good about it later. Okay, hopefully they paid you for that. <laughs> well, I think by that point I might have been on the stuff. Oh, okay, I'm already here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I do have to say, from I think I've told this story in here, but my mom used to be teased for her lips. She had big full lips, and she they would call her Sandy Big Lips. Also, like kids were. Like couldn't think of a better. Yeah, yeah. I was right. like, <laughs> you, you old, you old sandy big lips. <laughs> <laughs> but th- that was one of the things because the women in my family have really full lips, and I remembered that about Oblina. Like it was just so. Well, look, we'll take representation wherever we can get it, <laughs> yeah. and that was the thing that I loved about her having these big full lips. It just like reminded me of the women in my family, and I loved that so much. Oh yeah. Um, and then when my mom grew up, everybody was getting them injected to get their lips like hers. Oh. So there you go. There you go. And then Ickes was a good uh, representation for people who are growers, not showers. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, wow. the joke was right there. I couldn't leave it wow. sitting. It was right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is going to be fun because I would love talking about the production. And you can be like, 
No. Our Role Monsters was created by Gabor Chupo and Peter Gaffney and yes. was the third animated series produced by Chupo's company, Klasky Chupo, yes. uh, which it's so funny because I'm relearning it because as a kid, I always was like, Klasky Cuspo, uh, <laughs> but it's Klasky Chupo. Right. Well, that was, Gabor's wife was Arlene, Arlene Klasky. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 So, so they, it was they started two- the studio together. Oh, so tight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a power couple. You, you have to stand. Which also created the animated shows Rugrats and Duckman on the USA. Okay, I yeah. knew about Rugrats. I didn't yeah. know that was them who did Duckman. Yeah, one of my great memories was that once I started working on that show, that same guy, David Litt, he, he, I wasn't like on the staff of the show yet, but he was. And they had a premiere party for the premiere of Duckman at the Chupo's house. And I went oh, wow. to see it. That was my first like Hollywood party that I went Ooh. to. Yeah. That was a great, I mean, anybody, anybody there who was listening, Duckman, it was a really amazingly funny show. Oh yeah. I think kind of ahead of its time. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, before the final title was chosen, which took over five years, the series had a working titles, Monsters and Real Monsters, which you already said. Yeah. I know where the ah part came from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The execs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That makes like it's a, it took five years and then it was like ah uh, that was what they needed, the extra magic they needed to seal the deal. And whoever whoever wanted the three A's, the two H's and the three exclamation points. Yeah. They probably focus tested it like four <laughs> H's or two H's. Yeah, the kids were like, We like when you scream. <laughs> They're like, All right, well, that's the name of it. Yeah. Uh, the show was conceived after Chupo and his wife's uh, and creative partner, Arlene Klasky, were approached by the network Nickelodeon to create a follow-up series to Rugrats. That begs the next question. How do we go from Rugrats to this? These yeah. are two wi- wildly different shows. Uh, but I loved both of them. They were both big parts of my yeah, childhood. both great. Chupo drew some sketches of possible monsters on a piece of paper and successfully pitched the idea to the network. Well, that's because, I mean, I'm sure that he's a genius, but also because he had Rugrats. Because the idea of just... Hurt. He had Rugrats. Yeah, yeah. Which I think like the their idea, biggest hit ever. Yeah. I hear these stories of, and I just told him a joke in the room and they bought it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. what? Well, you know I point. had to make an entire Bible for yeah, this yeah. for them to want to buy my show? Yeah, you get, you get to those points. You know, like, I think uh, when the news was going around where like Lena Waithe just came in and she didn't have an idea and I was like yeah but she also made Tiny Furniture which was this like indie darling that blew up festival festival so they're like we want to make something with you and I was like yeah yeah okay that (laughs) when when they already want you yeah when when they already want you they're willing to help work it with you plus like in the long run sometimes it's a lot less work when they can feel like they were a big part of it (laughs) that's that's what I find (laughs) it's like oh Yeah. yeah we made it Oh, man. Um. Uh, Nickelodeon programming director Herb Scannell said the character design in Aureal Monsters was partially inspired by Yellow Submarine, wow. a 1968 animated film inspired by the Beatles. I can see that. Yeah, it's really, that's an amazing movie, too. Uh, very weird characters. Yeah, especially I think they said in that Nickelodeon, I mean, that Wikipedia article, like the Gromble looks a lot like Blue Me. The, the Blue Meanies yeah. in that yeah. movie. Yeah, that's a crazy movie. Oh, it's not really good. <laughs> that makes no sense. But I mean, if you like the Beatles. On the era of the Beatles, I don't think you're supposed to watch it sober. <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Like, I saw it first as a little kid. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What, <laughs> what is, is going on? <laughs> oh, my God. I did, too. Because they is, is that the one, like, don't they have, like, I don't know. Because, you know, there's the, the way, especially, like, early 90s media, there's, like, Stuff that is the IP, and then there's stuff like inspired by it that might not uh-huh. be. But wasn't there? A th- was there a like thing where they're all wearing yellow suits, and someone's like spraying them with sugar water or something? Probably. I mean, <laughs> that movie is really nuts. Yeah, it's really beautifully insane. The fun part is going to be either I'm right or someone is going to know right. what I'm talking about and tell me exactly. I just remember there were these guys in that movie called the Apple Knockers that were these giant guys like with they were like 20 feet tall and they yeah. carried big apples and they would knock you on the head with them. It's all crazy. We have to take another quick break and then we're going to hop back into Aureal Monsters right after this. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And we're back. I didn't know. So David Eccles was the voice of Crumb? Yes. Is that, okay, yeah. I did not know that he voiced the monster under Chucky's bed in the Rugrats. Oh, really? So that comes full circle. He was a, a monster in that yeah. world and then a monster. He, he was, I'm pretty sure, a guy who just worked in the sound department at Klasky Chupo. Oh, and nice. then he had a really, he was a funny guy. Had an interesting voice, and I think maybe he did that thing in Rugrats. And then when they came up with the monsters, they said, "You want to do this too?" He's yeah. Like, All right. Yeah. Yeah. I love really that. Just nice have guy. a weird voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, they did actually have an official crossover. So in the sixth season of Rugrats, Icasoblina and Crumb crashed Tommy, Chucky, Phil, Lil, Dill, and Angelica's spooky slumber party. It was called Ghost Story, and uh, it's an iconic crossover. Yeah, you love them. So we were talking about, uh, at the break, we were talking about the fact that Nickelodeon is rebooting a bunch of these shows. Apparently, right? They're, I think they're doing new Rugrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing new Hey Arnold. They had a movie for Hey Arnold uh-huh. uh, that came out last year. And then they also had Rocco's movie come out. Rocco, that's right. So why not Monsters? I know. Yeah, I'm right here to say, yeah. Yeah. give me a call. <laughs> call me up. Get the gang back together again. Oh, there were The writers in that show were one. I, mean, I mentioned some of the other guys already, but Mark Steen was the guy who ran it most of the time that I was there. And there's a guy named Mark Palmer, uh, Spencer Green, Mary Elizabeth Williams. Just We were the main staff there. Uh, just great, great people to work with and really talented and funny people. Yeah. And also it was just like such weird. I love that it embrace the weird grossness you know especially because children love that but also i think that that might be why all of these iconic writers that came together to kind of start in this room i think that that's why it resonated with us even now decades later that it was just such a it was just doing something different that i feel like a lot of the other shows weren't doing yeah, at the time that's right i yeah. mean they were very encouraging the people nickelodeon i made some jokes about them before but they were all really <laughs> very yeah. very encouraging and they love what we did and they let us do crazy things oh, and that's so uh, awesome. you know it was fun is there anyone you'd want to shout out that you know you worked with uh yeah uh, someone who I, I haven't had a chance to mention until now uh is a guy named chuck swenson who was our animation director and kind of the main producer of the animation uh, you know, Chupo, Gabor Chupo, you know, was the head of the studio, but Chuck really was the, the main director and, and worked with the animation people. And he also did all the directing, like he would direct the voice actors. So uh, I was so happy, like I said earlier, to get to see these amazing actors who I admired come in, but then to really learn how to do it, you know, from Chuck. Because I, I had training as a theater director, but I'd never seen vocal directing before. And he was just, just great and just a real wonderful guy. Uh, who I uh, hope he's out there if you can hear this. Uh, hi, Chuck. But I learned so much from him, and he was a really, a real sweet, and wonderful 
kind of like a he kind of was a teacher as well because he he's a little bit older and he had been in the animation business for a long time. So he was very patient with us and sort of explained to us like why maybe something we had written maybe should be different because it would be better for the animation. And he yeah. was just a really a real great guy. Yeah, uh, this year was like the first time I did like writing for animation. And it is funny how like, you know, um, so I wrote for season two of Ticktone. And so, you know, before that, you're just in a room with all the writers and the showrunner and you're just, you know, goofing off doing the jokes. And uh, for Ticktone, we had, you know, the animation director in there with us. And it, it was always interesting to like pitch something and be like oh yeah that does sound cool that's very expensive <laughs> <laughs> yes, <that's right. laughs> I, was like, I was like okay cool i'm gonna try and tone it back then <laughs> that's always a funny note yeah i remember at a when i was writing at full screen they just wanted everything to like go viral or whatever and they'd be like the sky's the limit whatever you want and we'd like send in our script and then to get it back like okay so not so much you yeah. know uh you know <laughs> Like, tone it back. Yeah. yeah. I actually did a, an animation workshop at Six Point Harness, which is oh, a great animation studio. They're awesome. They've done so many shows. And I have such, they had a, some animation directors in there. I'm like, such a different world than being in the writer world, jumping over. I mean, that's what you have to do now. But, like, just seeing. Yeah. There's responsible for so much. Yeah. You know? It's interesting, too, because, uh, you know, there's, like, two different kinds of animated shows or maybe there are, like there's the kind that are more writer driven like the Simpsons is completely writer driven and Ephesus family because I come from the Simpsons is very writer driven but for the most part like the Nickelodeon or the Cartoon Network style shows are more uh, for the most part kind of more animator animator driven so I worked on a show at Disney uh like almost 20 years ago now that was called teacher's pet mm -hmm. uh that was great but that was sort of a melding of both so it was very writer heavy but our director was a guy named Tim Bjorklund who had come from Rocco's Modern Life uh and so he was used to like, just sort of like the animator does it all, you know? So we would write these elaborate scripts and he'd be like, what, what is this? I don't need this. He would say, all I need is like three words on a cocktail napkin. Why do you write all this stuff? You know? So it was a real tug of war sometimes between the two styles, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so funny. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Rocco's Modern Life, I did want to say that Charlie Adler, who again is the voice of Ickis, also voiced Ed Bighead. Oh, wow. Um, as another inside joke, Ickis sometimes says Ed Bighead's catchphrase, I hate my life. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just oh, right. another thing. I'm just going to go over some trivia real quick uh, before we head out. Ickis has two uvulas. Don't oh, yeah. know who decided that. I do <laughs> yeah, remember, I remember that, that, though. I remember I that. I forgot about that. Well, I have one last question that I want to ask just, uh, and then this one's more of a general writing question. You know, you said you wrote for Disney and you wrote for, uh, and now you write for like more adult comedies like F is for family and Simpsons. Yeah. What do you feel is like the main difference between writing for the two mediums? It's not much different. I, I don't feel like I, even with monsters uh, and even with Disney, the Disney shows, we were mostly just trying to make ourselves laugh mm -hmm. and enjoy, uh, you know, make entertain ourselves. And as long as, we didn't hear anything saying like you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little kids, kids are watching it. Um, not that much different. It's yeah. just like you know, you you learn to adapt to the characters you're working for, uh, uh, writing for, and and this the stuff that you're doing. But uh, the the general way the shows are created are very, very, very similar. Oh, nice. Yeah, except except on uh, monsters, we didn't really have a room like like The Simpsons is written like a sitcom with like a mm -hmm. writer's room. Um, with monsters, we had mostly our, we would go off and maybe we'd sort of break the stories together with each other. But then you just go off and write, mm -hmm. and then the showrunner would say, "Okay, here's notes," and you finish writing the script. But we never did like kind of punch ups like that. Oh, that's, okay. that's the only thing that's different. Have you gotten to go to any cons or anything and see people cosplaying as like the characters you've written for? Uh, it, not yet, not yet. I mean, I've seen some Simpsons people, of course, because yeah. Simpsons is everywhere. But, but I'm sure there's F's for Family. People I, I've too. seen some pictures of them, but I've okay. never seen them in. In life, you know, so I'm dying to go. I, I'm yeah. sorry I missed New York Comic Con, um, but I've gone to San Diego Comic Con a couple times. And yeah, just to see somebody dressed as one of our characters would be really hilarious. For yeah, me. I would love that. All right, people, if you have it out there, yeah. Halloween's coming up. Yeah. That's right. Do it. Do some F is for family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining yes, us. Thank you. thank you. Is there anything that you're allowed to plug or we? Uh, season four of F is for family is in the works right okay. now. It'll be coming out sometime early 2020 in the first three or four months of 2020 we don't know exactly yet but uh certainly by 
by like April of, of 2020, it should be out on Netflix. So, cool. uh, and The Simpsons just continues to run, yeah. <laughs> run and run. Although The Simpsons is going to start airing, uh, not airing, I guess, streaming on Disney Plus right. uh, in November, mm-hmm. and uh, while continuing to be also on cable on the FX channel, on FXX channel. On yeah, nice. uh, yeah. So, and we have a new. They're putting out a new D- DVD set, like a tw- first 20 season complete box set of The Simpsons. Wow. Uh, very limited edition, like only a thousand of them are being sold. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Nice. So. Dang. Uh, mm-hmm. But most of them are out, I mean, most of the DVDs are already out there. So, yeah. Uh, but they're selling it as one big box. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also follow you on Twitter where yeah, we yeah. became uh, friends. Yes. My Twitter <laughs> handle is Mike Price in LA, which yeah. is a Twitter handle I chose very hastily uh, 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Love uh, it. Everyone well, says, like, I, everyone says I could change it, but I don't know. It's just, that's what yeah. it is. So. I almost had that too. There's so many Danny Fernandez's that I, I had to do MS. I did Ms. Danny Fernandez. And it sounds, even when people are mad at me, it sounds like they're addressing me. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Ms. Danny Fernandez, yeah. awful thing that I can't say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're a fan of Esther Family, there's a writer's account which is uh, FIFF Netflix, which is like our writer's account. So I, I, I usually, it's usually me. <laughs> it's just me in my house. But uh, we put up, we put up photographs of like, if you like the show, like just last night we were editing a show. So I like take little screen grabs and oh, throw nice. up pictures. So you have a sort of give an idea of like how we're doing or if we do, if we do a recording session, maybe I'll take a picture of a recording session or things like that. So you can sort of keep track of how we're doing oh, nice. when we're coming out. Yeah. Right. You know who's good friends with Bill Burr? Our friend Marcella. Yeah, yeah. She's friends with his wife. We talk uh she's open for him uh, oh, many yeah. times. Oh, he is yes. Bill is the the greatest guy in the world. I'm so yeah. thrilled that I got to work with him. He's great too to younger comics. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I've heard. Yeah. He's and he's phenomenal. I mean I've seen him I've now seen him uh you know live several times. Usually I've never seen him at a small club. I usually get to see him at like Madison Square Garden yeah. or something like that. But yeah. he's amazing. And it's just a great guy. And me, always Way on Twitter and Instagram, Ifdies on Twitch. If you have Twitch Prime, Twitch Prime pro- sub have to re-up every month. Y'all know it by now. Discord, discord.gg forward slash salt squad. And as always, stay, stay nerdy. nerdy. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind, so you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.